It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, rejoined by Terry Lambert. Terry, how was your trip? It was good. Good to get away after a pretty hectic week last week. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on leading up to the draft. So Terry's back. We did a couple of shows while Terry was gone. Uh, if you missed any one of those, talking about Jeffrey Simmons and then the recap with Mello, go back and listen to those. Uh, just subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and that way you'll get shows as soon as they're available. They'll come straight to your phone. Locked on Titans, wherever you get your shows, just just subscribe there. Uh, as always, remind you, we're right from UCMiracles.com, where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check us out there. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at T Lambert TN. Uh, today we're going to get into a little bit of day three with Terry. We haven't he hasn't been on since that happened, so we'll kind of circle back and talk a little bit about that. Talk about the Titans not picking up Jack Conklin's fifth year option, and then we'll look a little bit at where the roster stands right now, kind of what needs they have going forward as we look at kind of this last wave of free agency before training camp starts. Um, all right, so day three, what were your kind of initial thoughts once those picks went down? I loved it. I, I thought they needed another body at, at safety. Uh, I think they got that in Hooker, a guy that can play a little nickelback. Um, you, know, you talk about Logan Ryan, um, contract expiring next year. If Hooker is the, is the guy that works out there, uh, that's kind of a natural jump-off point, uh, so you don't have to, to you know, re-sign Logan Ryan there. Uh, we'll see how things play out there, but always good to have depth in the secondary. Always good to have those versatile guys. Uh, and, and then you, you got your edge body in DeAndre Walker. Not not wild about Walker, but um, yeah, that that's a depth uh, pick there. Uh, a fifth body in that rotation, you know, which you pointed out, the Titans certainly needed. So uh, I don't think John Robinson came away with any answers uh, on the edge, but. I think he's come away with enough band-aids that he can kind of survive this year and uh, you know look to address that further next year. And, and then David Long, uh, a guy that, that I liked a lot. You know, I saw him three years ago as a freshman. He really popped uh, off the screen. Super productive. It's a John Robinson pick. Uh, you know, special teams guy, a guy that's got a chance to grow into that third linebacker role uh, behind Jayon, behind Rashawn Evans. Uh, you know, Wesley Woodyard getting older. Uh, so that's a that's a guy that could potentially replace him down the road. You know, Darren Bates, you know, getting into trouble over the weekend. Uh, maybe David Long has already cemented his place on this roster. Yeah, it was an interesting day three a little bit in that, you know, people always talk about filling a need versus best player available. It seemed like with at least two of these picks, the Titans really did go best player available. I mean, they obviously really wanted Hooker. They traded up in front of the Patriots to get him. And then, like you said, taking David Long in the seventh round, a position where you're is arguably your uh, deepest position as far as, you know, the quality of players you have there with Wesley Woodyard, Jayon Brown, Rashawn Evans. But like you said, last year, Woodyard's contract, there, there's a lot of things to be considered there. And then with Hooker, I mean, think about it. We One of the things that we've talked a lot about over the last couple of years, it feels like, is the lack of depth at safety. I mean, we felt pretty good about, you know, Bayard, even Bayard and Cyprian going into training camp last year. But certainly with Bayard and, and uh, Kenny Vaccaro, you know, after he was signed last year, and then, of course, they re-signed him. They drafted Crookshank last year. So you always, you honestly feel pretty good about the guys that are in the room there now. Now you got a couple of improving guys in Hooker and Crookshank. Don't really know 
you know exactly what they're going to bring to the table but you do at least have some some depth there and yeah I think David Long was probably as excited as anybody to see Darren Bates get arrested because you know when you're a seventh round pick you're you're hoping you can stick on special teams I mean that's the way that you're going to you, that's the way you're going to make a roster that's the way you're going to stick especially initially and you know I don't know if Darren Bates is it well you know you don't know if guys, I think we don't find out when they fill their first drug test. So if they're in the in the protocol or in this protocol, that's not the right word, but whatever it is, you know, the second test gets them four games in that. So I mean, we know that Bates hadn't hit that, but if he had filled a test before, he could be suspended for four games. If that's the case, it's not. I mean, he's obviously a guy they think highly of. He was their special teams captain last year, but I don't think he's a guy that they're necessarily going to wait around for. Um, if he gets a suspension. So some interesting, interesting stuff there. And like you said with the edge guy, I mean, this is something that we'll t- circle back to when we talk about um, the, the the knees that the Titans have left on the roster. Um, you know, you, you needed DeAndre Walker. You needed a, a body in that rotation at edge. But you still probably feel like you're lacking the top-end talent. I do think the fact that they waited until the fifth round to, to make a, a – a, pick on an edge player says that they, they must feel pretty good about guys like Sharif Finch and, and Kamalai Correa. Yeah, it's interesting to go back and look at you know, them taking Jeffrey Simmons. They kind of chose uh, defensive line over edge there. You had Montez Sweat there, and, and who knows what their medical report said on that. But uh, chose to address the defensive line there. You know, We were firm in saying they just needed a disruptor one way or another. Uh, both Both sides needed help. So uh, you know, I was I was kind of uh, on on John Robinson's side of thinking. Uh, I think they've got enough pieces there with Cam Wake and, and Finch and Correa. Obviously, Landry, uh, Rashawn Evans is going to take some snaps out there. I, I'd guess. Uh, so I, I think they've got enough pieces to where they can be multiple. They can give some different looks. Uh, certainly, don't feel great about that group as we head into the future. Uh, still, you know, I don't think Landry's a dead set home run quite yet. He kind of hit a rookie wall. We'll see how he responds this year. Obviously, we're both really high on him, uh, just just how with how we evaluated him coming out of Boston College. So, uh, obviously, some questions there, but uh, I, I'm not so concerned about it. I, I think they're going to be okay there. I think they've got enough bodies. I think they've got enough athletes there. Uh, maybe not huge difference makers, but. Uh, certainly can get by at least next year. Yeah, and got you know kind of a few situational guys, and like you said, you can you can move Rashawn Evans out there at certain points, and then you've got guys like Wake and even DeAndre Walker that you think have a chance to to make some splash plays in certain situations. So I uh, feel decent about that. But we were talking about you know Cameron Wake, how much does he have left in the tank, and all that kind of stuff. I really do feel like that we'll be having. This, these same conversations around you know draft time next year about Edge being near the top of the Titans' needs list. All right, we are going to get into the Jack Conklin conversation here in just a second. Before we do that, uh, we're going to talk to you about ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be hard, multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process, but today hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter sends your jobs over 100 of the world's of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each each one and spots and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. 
ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at the at this exclusive web web address, ziprecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ziprecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so the report came out yesterday that the Titans are not going to pick up the fifth-year option on Jack Conklin. And we've talked about this a little bit uh, back before the draft and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, we we knew it was an interesting decision. Uh, That that number ended up being almost $13 million. I think it's like $12.8 million is what the the option would have paid Jack Conklin in 2020 had they picked it up. Um, This doesn't mean they're giving up on Jack Conklin. Uh, I I think a lot of people thought when they saw that that Jack Conklin wasn't going to be on the team in 2019. Maybe there was a little confusion around that. He's obviously still here for for his fourth year in 2019. This is just talking about the the option that would have been guaranteed in 2020 had they picked it up. So that you get with every first-round contract now, uh, when when players are drafted in the first round, teams have that fifth-year option. I think that... The decision probably at the end of the day was, was pretty easy here just because you don't want to lock yourself into paying that big of a number when you've got a lot of other things. You might be paying a quarterback. You've got to start thinking about guys like Bayard and, and possibly even Derrick Henry. Um, I mean, there's there's other guys that, that they're going to need to pay on this roster. And so it would have been tough to have you know basically $13 million tied up in a guy that sure was really good his rookie year but has not been as effective in the new scheme. Um, you know, obviously had trouble coming back from the ACL injury. I mean, I think last year we can chalk some of it up to him not him still not being fully healthy. But I think it is a real question going forward. How does he fit in this scheme? Yeah, and it's smart. Uh, you you got to give him a chance to get healthy. If that was truly the case, if he wasn't healthy, if he was rushed back uh, early from that knee, give him a chance to to show what he's at uh, if he's at a hundred percent because. Yeah, I, I hope. I hope we didn't see Jack Conklin at 100% last year. Um, I, I kind of hope he was rushed back because that would mean that the Jack Conklin of old is, is still around. So, um, and again, I just can't get out of my head the Michigan State tape. Some of the concerns I had with him coming out, uh, he showed last year. So he was just not the same player. Uh, again, new offense coordinator, potentially some new wrinkles in the run game. We'll see how he fits. We'll see if he's healthy. But – Dennis Kelly was the better player last year. So uh, the Titans have maintained uh, all along that, that they're going to play Jack Conklin at tackle. I'd like to see him at guard. Apparently that's just not going to happen. I think it's kind of ignorant. 
uh, with seeing how you're going to have to wait on Nick Davis to develop at the guard position. I think you could kick one of them inside, uh, and that would make more sense to me than a guy like Kevin Panfield. Maybe they're concerned with, with depth or, or something like that. But um, big picture, it's smart not to give him that money uh, and see what he can do in 2019. You know, you talk about uh, Marcus Mariota, it, it being a, a prove-it year for him. It's it's definitely a prove-it year for Jack Conklin. Is there a scenario where we see a training camp battle between Dennis Kelly and Jack Conklin for the starting right tackle spot? I, I think there should be. Uh, I mean, he was clearly the better player. We said that last year. Uh, we were kind of rooting for the Titans to, to shut him down and, and, and play Dennis Kelly there. So uh, I think there needs to be. I think the Titans need to go into this with an open mind, and, and I'm not sure why Jack Conklin would have that spot locked down simply because of, of how Kelly played at the end of last year. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that's an interesting thing. I mean, you know, obviously they, they like Dennis Kelly in the role that they've had him in. Uh, you know, he played a, a huge part in, in a lot of different things last year. And, you know, are they worried that if he's on the field every snap, he's not going to be as effective? I mean, these are things that we don't know. But, yeah, I mean, at this point, there's no reason to just assume that Jack Conklin is absolutely the starting right tackle. Now, I mean, I think he could outplay Dennis Kelly. I think that's certainly a possibility. But you've got options over there on the right side. And that's the thing. I mean, again, we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into the the roster. But – you don't really have a lot of, you know, quote, training camp battles for starting positions once we get there. I mean, the, the defensive line rotation is going to be interesting, especially with Simmons not being available, at least for probably the first half of the year. Um, you, you know, but, I mean, on offense, right guard is, is pretty much it, and unless there's a competition at, at right tackle. So you could be talking about the whole right side of the line that could kind of be up for grabs there. But everybody else is, is pretty much – you know, pretty much has their spot. So then it's, it comes down to, you know, I don't know. What 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 will they do at right guard? Do they entertain the thought with Conklin? But, I mean, I said on Twitter yesterday, we, we've talked about it. I mean, if you go back and read, I mean, you talked about it when, when Conklin first came out. You go back and read Greg Cosell's scouting report. He said he thought Conklin was a guard at the next level. But for whatever reasons, the, the, the Titans have been, whenever they've been asked about it, they have shut that down very quickly. They've said Jack Conklin's a tackle. Jack Conklin has said he's a tackle, but, uh, you know, obviously he only has so much say in that. But it is kind of weird that the Titans have been so dead set against it. Maybe they just don't think he'd be any more effective in there. And don't forget, this is multiple knee injuries we're talking about. It's not his first ACL tear. Uh, so that was apparently the, the deal with him coming out um, of Michigan State. He was playing on a, on a bum knee. That's why you saw his play fall off. Uh, that's why you still saw the Titans take him so high, even though his play wasn't up to snuff, as Cosell said. So, uh, But that's concerning. Long-term-wise, you just wonder if that knee's going to get right. You wonder if his mobility will get right. So uh, very much very much an unknown right tackle, right guard to me. Those are two potential battles. I mean, looking elsewhere on the offense, I guess the only thing is how quickly do you bring A.J. Brown along? Uh, could you see Tajay Sharp, Taewon Taylor, the more veteran guys kind of start getting more snaps uh, with A.J. Brown coming in? But, yeah, not a lot of not a lot of camp battles to speak of so far. Yeah, all right, so let's get a little bit more into that. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about maybe the needs they have left and then how we think this roster shakes out. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, we talk about receivers. I think that's an interesting conversation because, I mean, I think we all expect that A.J. Brown's going to be a big part of this offense in 2019. Uh, but like you said, how quickly does that happen in camp? 
Um, I, you know, you hope that he beats out Taewon Taylor and Tajay Sharp just based off of what we've seen from those guys. Um, but I do think the rotation there is going to be interesting. And I think there's a question of, you know, how much A.J. Brown can play outside, how much he's going to play outside. I mean, we know they signed Adam Humphreys to be the slot receiver. A.J. Brown ma- mainly played slot at, at Ole Miss, but uh, from my understanding, later in the year he played more outside. So I think he can do it. But I, I think that rotation is, is going to be interesting to watch just to see how they play those out. And then guys like Taewon Taylor and Tajay Sharp could be fighting for roster spots depending on what they do elsewhere. Uh, sticking with the offense, really, like we talk about, offensive line, um, I think we pretty much know tight end. You've got Delaney. You've got Jonu. Um, you know, quarterback, I think people are going to try to want to make that a battle, but it, it's Mariota as long as he's healthy. Running back gets a little bit interesting just because you obviously you have Derrick Henry. You hope that you can get similar production to what you got out of him at the end of the year last year. That moves Deion Lewis back into the role I think that they signed him to be in, to be that complimentary back. I think he's much more effective there. But then you could have a little bit of a, of a battle between an undrafted guy I know you like. Um, you could have a little bit of, of a battle there for that third spot. Maybe David Flewellen, you know, doesn't make this roster for the – it seems like he's been here for like 20 years. But he keeps making it. We don't really know why other than, you know, according to Mike Keith, he's really good on teams. But, um, you know, you could maybe upgrade that from an athletic profile uh, and, and get a guy that maybe has a chance to come in and play some uh, to spell maybe even Henry and Lewis, but a guy that can that can do more things for you maybe than – than David Flewellen can. Yeah, after day two, I was begging the Titans to get some sort of change of pace at, at the running back position. You can just get those guys with, with crazy value on day three because the NFL has just devalued the position so much. But uh, John Robinson ended up doing it after the draft and signing Alex Barnes out of Kansas State. Uh, 6'1", 225 pounds. That's a guy that is similar in stature uh, to David Flewellen. But this guy's a really, really good athlete. Uh, put up 34 reps on the bench, ran a 4.59, which isn't all that impressive, but when you consider the size that he is, uh, that that's pretty impressive stuff. So 1,300-yard rusher last year at, at K-State, uh, ran for 12 touchdowns, caught 20 balls for 194 yards, uh, averaged well over five yards a carry. So uh, I, I'm looking at that battle. You know, that's kind of a back-end roster battle between Barnes and Fluellen. I don't think Deion Lewis is in any, any – any trouble there uh, simply because of what Lewis, you know, brings to the offense uh, is pretty different than what Barnes and Fluellen brings. But uh, I, I think the Titans offense has a, a good shot to upgrade there athletically by keeping Barnes over Fluellen. Now, of course, Barnes has to go produce in, in the second half of these preseason games, but uh, that's something I, I'm definitely keeping an eye on. Yeah, that'll definitely be something to watch. And then on defense, like I said, I mean, you're, you're, the, the defensive line rotation is going to be a little bit interesting. Um, you know, they signed Brent Urban from the Ravens on uh, Friday of the draft, a guy that's obviously familiar with Dean Pease and his system. So I, mean, I think you're, you, you've got him rotating in there, uh, you know, with Jarrell Casey. You've still got Angelo Blackson. You've still got um, Daquan Jones. So you, you've got a few pieces there uh, while they wait on Jeffrey Simmons. But I, I do think that's that – that group is still a little bit of a problem outside Jarrell Casey. You just don't have a lot of, a lot that's been proven there. Um, obviously, we hope that Simmons comes in and, and, and makes, a, makes a huge upgrade, but we'll have to wait to see that. And then like we talked about, when you get the linebackers, I mean, we pretty much know the inside linebackers, that, that's a good group. They're going to mix and match those guys. 
Um, you, you've got a lot of talent there. And then the edge rotation will just be kind of interesting to watch. Um, we hope Harold Landry, like you said, takes that big step forward this year, have confidence that he's going to be able to do that. But then after that, it, it's just going to kind of be Correa, Finch, Walker. I mean, Cameron Wake obviously is going to have his role. But it'll be interesting to watch how those guys rotate in behind what you think are going to be pretty defined roles for Harold Landry and Cameron Wake. Yeah, and the, just to go back to the defensive line real quick, I don't, I'm not too worried about it. I, I I think this is just an average group. You know, it's nothing special outside of Casey. Uh, but you've got Brent Urban, who started 16 games for the Ravens last year. Um, so I, I think that's an upgrade in, in terms of depth. Obviously, you still got Daquan Jones and, and Austin Johnson there. I'd expect them to maybe sign a, a, a nose tackle. Maybe that's already on the on the roster in, in D liner who they signed to a futures deal, you know, 6'2", 334 pounds. Uh, I, I would expect them to see that. We've seen them do that late. Seemingly every year John Robinson has been there, uh, which is why it was ridiculous to even think about him taking Dexter Lawrence with the 19th pick. Um, so I don't think they're done on the on the defensive line there, but the signing of Brent Irvin makes me feel at least okay about this group. Uh, and then, of course, we'll see when Jeffrey Simmons comes on back. Yeah, and then in the secondary, I mean, again, I think you pretty much know what's going to happen there. Um, you've got your top three corners. You've got a guy in LaShawn Sims that you feel good about. Ty Smith coming back, a guy that has played well for them in the past. You know, Hamp Cheevers is an undrafted free agent that they have reportedly signed. Uh, people are really high on him. He's small. I think that's why he went undrafted. He's like 5'9". Um, but, you know, you, you feel pretty good about that group, the safety group we talked about already. So, I mean, again, I, I think that the, the starting roles on this defense are pretty well defined right now. Uh, you, you're mainly going to be looking at kind of those back end of the of the roster battles as far as when we get into training camp. Yeah, the thing in the secondary and, and maybe in the entire defense, uh, the most intrigue is, is where Amani Hooker fits in. Is he going to be – uh, that slot corner is he going to play safety? Is he going to do both? Uh, you know they they listed him as a DB on, on the team site. They did the same thing with uh, Kirkshank last year, and, and you know Kirkshank's another X factor. Uh, where does he fit in there? So this safety rotation, uh, really the cornerback rotation, uh, is Hooker going to play some dime linebacker? You know as he did at Iowa. It's just a guy that can do a lot of different things. So I'm going to be interested to see in preseason. Uh, where he slots in, where he starts out, uh, and, and then kind of where he rotates in once the regular season starts. Because was it Crookshank last year that they always just listed as a DB? Yeah, yeah. And they would never, like, don't you think we're going to get kind of that sim- similar thing? It seems like, like it's Hoker? already started because I'm yeah. just looking on the on the team site here. They've got him with his defensive back, uh, and then him and Crookshank are the only two listed like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Because they really refused to ever define Crookshank's role. Right. Now I think once the season came in, it was obvious that he was a safety. But yeah, it does. It, it, again, that, those are the type of players they like. They're versatile. They can do multiple things. And you know, it seems like they got a pretty good one there in Hooker. So, all right, that'll do it for today's show. Uh, coming up over the next few weeks, we'll obviously do more draft recap. Uh, but we're, we're going to try to get some people on. Uh, you know, we've had Mike Keith and Jim Wyatt and Jonathan Hutton, uh, some, some of those types of guys on, uh, do some interviews with them about the draft, about this team, 
uh, talk, we can talk to them about the Nashville draft, the city hosting the draft, and, and how, how cool all that stuff was. So uh, we'll, we'll get into more of that in, in the coming weeks. We'll have OTAs and that kind of stuff to talk about as well um, in the month of May. Then it goes pretty quiet you know, through June, and then toward the end of July we pick up on training camp. So um, like I said, just subscribe to the podcast so that you'll get the shows as soon as we post them. Uh, didn't mention at the top, but we do have the voicemail line if you want to call in and any type of reaction to uh, the draft, 615-787-8762. Call in there, leave us about a minute long message, and we'll get to those on a show in the future. Again, subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at TLambertTN. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we'll talk to you again later. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.